Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome back to Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder, presented as always by our good friends at VolleyballMag.com. We've got a little bonus episode for you here today because the cat is sort of out of the bag hmm. that my boy and co-host Triborn is signed up for an FIVB in Vienna, I believe, is the one that the registration came out. So try talk to us. What's happening? Yeah, feels good. First step is just to sign up. <laughs> Whether I'm ready to play or not, that's another question. But basically, we've gotten to a point in the year where I knew this whole time that I wanted to play in an event um, by the end of the year. And Moscow and Vienna are the last events of the 2018 season. So, um, And you have to sign up for them well in advance. So in case I'm ready to play, I signed up for the events. Um, so that I can start my clock, which means I want to, I need to play uh, at least one event this year uh, to start to get my points back. Um, they give you a two-year span, and if I don't play this year, unless the FIVB pushes my window back a little bit, which is possible, um, to the last event, the first, sorry, yeah, the first event that I missed due to this illness. But we don't know what the date is yet, so basically, I just signed up just in case I'm ready to play in these uh, last two events of the season. Right. And so was it was it weird? Was it cool to see your name back on the registration with a little American flag next to your name? Yeah, it was cool. It, it's weird seeing it. I've, for all these years, I've seen it next to Hayden's name. Right. Um, but I, I signed up um, with Casey Patterson for Moscow and with, with Chase Frischman for Vienna. Um Patterson would be playing with Stafford, but I think they're going to sit out of that event because Stafford has family reasons to be home or something like that. I think he's got a kid on the way. Kid on the way, right. Um, And then Chase wasn't signed up for Vienna. I had to sign up with someone that wasn't signed up already, so I just kind of went down the list. I was like, oh, Frischman. Not a bad pickup. Let's go, buddy. (laughs) For Chase, who has Um, been on the podcast too. Yeah, but it, it doesn't really mean all that much. There's nothing certain about it. Um, 21 days before the event, you're allowed to uh, switch partners or pull out. Um, so we'll see how I feel. And I think that's coming up in a week or so. So I'll have to figure it out by then. But yeah, just signed up just just in case I'm uh, ready to go. But the, the goal right now is to be ready for the beginning of 2019 season. Right. I don't have any, I wouldn't have signed up for these events so far in advance if I didn't have to. I don't know what and in terms of domestically, I don't know what I'm trying to play in or if I'm trying to play. Those will kind of be last-minute decisions. Yeah. And how is just your health in general? Because you've been back in the gym for a while. Didn't yeah. take long for you to get all ripped up again either. <laughs> so uh, just kind of explain like where you are in terms of like your health. And we were out on the beach this morning playing around. Mm-hmm. Um, your touch came back pretty quick. Yeah, I got the touch. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've, I've been getting some reps over the last few months just in terms of whether I'm out in the park by myself, uh, setting balls into the basketball hoop or even just setting balls on the couch and uh, doing a lot of standing reps, working on my arm swing against the wall. So I've gotten my touches, um, just not the game reps and uh, all the stuff that that gets you in shape to actually play volleyball. So right. I'm a little fragile and not in, in the kind of shape that I need to be in, but I'm seeing the game pretty well considering I haven't played in two years and my touch feels pretty great actually. It was funny when me and Kane were playing against Phil and Nick, mm-hmm. and you were over there with like your 20 balls just hitting standing shots. Mm-hmm. Phil looked over and he goes, 
that looks so boring. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's probably like the highlight of Tri's exactly. month. Yeah. Like he finally gets to move again. <laughs> I hit way too many balls that day too. And my shoulder hurt for a week. I was like, oh yeah. Forgot my shoulder's not used to that. Um, no, it's actually cool because like that stuff is kind of fascinating me now. I'm like, oh, I can tweak my game a little bit. I can get these little, like we went out to the nets, the the low racquetball nets yeah. today, me and you. And I can work on all these small things. Where it was basically no jump blocking because the net's really low. But um, that's the kind of the stuff that I think separates the great ones. And I'm even more fascinated and entertained by it this time around. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure that like these past two years, you've probably learned a lot just about the game in general and what you want as a player to like come back as. Like, Are you starting to tweak your own game as you ease your way back into it? Yeah, for sure. It's hard to tell what my games, like, I can't sit here and be like, yeah, I got way better this whole time, you know, because I haven't played yet. Uh, I'd like to think that I've, I've learned a lot and, and I've evolved my game. Um, there's, de- there's certainly a mindset that's changed, and I, and I haven't gone out there and been, been able to apply it yet, but um, I think it'll be different. Most likely I'm going to have a new partner, so... That's going to be a lot different, but I, I definitely know how I want to go about things. Um, but you can't really start applying stuff until you have a partner because that's half your team, right? You can be as good as you want at your stuff, but if you're not good at the team portion of it, you're worthless. Right. So um, that's a little frustrating. But, yeah, there's a lot of things I'm seeing and, and ways I'm seeing the game advance and ways I'm seeing that I can maybe uh, advance my game with my partner, and um, it's pretty exciting to... I'm just like, I, I want to go apply it and go practice it. Right. Now, you, you mentioned that <clears throat> so you're signed up for Moscow's with Casey, Vienna is with Chase. Yes. And two very different partners, right? Yeah. So Casey is 6'6", six, six, a big physical defender. Chase is maybe six foot, mm-hmm. if we're giving him the, the generous college list yeah. thing, and he just runs around and digs everything. Is, right. there, is there like a certain type of partner you're looking for? And I know that... We've talked a lot about the possibility of split blocking on past podcasts. I don't know if that's yeah. something, too, because you played defense today and you were digging <laughs> balls every time behind my block. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, I'm i certainly open to it. It just depends. At this point, I'm like, I just want to be with that right player. Whether if, it, if it's a blocker, then I know I have a, I'd have a ton of work to do on defense and and in my back of my mind, I also like have a lot of unfinished business I need to do at the net. I need to go prove myself as a blocker a little bit more. Um, but yeah, if, if that player sh- shows themselves and, and they're my best option in terms of feeding off of each other and chemistry-wise, I'm down to go play D. I'm down to go split block because um, I really do love defense. I, I love being a player that can play every aspect of the game. Um, but... I still love blocking. Yeah. That's still my pride and joy. Um, but yeah, so I'm just super open. The the partners, like with Chase and um, Casey, it was more like Casey hit me up. He's like, you want to just sign up just for the hell of it? Because Stafford's not going to go to this one. I'm like, yeah, sure. I don't know if I'll be ready. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Um, and then Chase was, uh, he's kind of the next guy on the list that wasn't uh, signed up for the event. Obviously a great player. Um and he's potentially going to be one of those next up and coming um, defenders. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just very open minded right now. Yeah, and you said that you can 
withdrawal 21 days before. Yeah, so I, I should probably know that date exactly. I put it in my calendar, so my phone's going to remind me. But I can bring up BVB to it, see. It could see what be we're like. At. It could be in like a week, like maybe July seventh, maybe. Okay. Ish, which is sort of coming up. So what? I mean, what would the kind of moment be where you would where you would withdraw that you knew that you wouldn't be able to do it? Because twenty one days, like you would still have some time to get the you know that those levels down that you mm-hmm. need to get down um but at what point would you say it's not worth the risk uh if the docs tell me you know if my inflammation levels are still up like in a high range where it's dangerous to give maximal effort physically um then I'm not going to do it it's it's not worth the long term damage you can do with fully exerting yourself with inflammation in your muscles, that can actually create long-term damage. It's just not worth it for me. I love volleyball, but I'm trying to be active the rest of my life. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just based on the numbers. I just feel kind of confident now with, um, where things are at and, um, we're kind of in a transition state. So yeah, I don't know. It's tricky to say. I'm, yeah. I'm really like very on the fence about all this stuff. Like I've told these guys, like they don't have any expectations of me actually yeah. going. Um, but if I can go, I will go. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very vague and answer. But it, I, I really don't know. Like I'm, I'm as up in the air with it as you guys are. I go do a blood test and I'm like, okay, here's where we're at. Yeah. Um, but we're transitioning to a new um like medication and and procedure that we're gonna um or what do you call it uh yeah whatever my treatment plan is changing so i'm confident that a few of my doctors are confident that this new treatment plan is going to help me a lot more it works better for my lifestyle the other one was kind of built for a normal person's lifestyle this one can work for an athlete's lifestyle um, so we're changing that up, which is exciting for me, but I'm, you know, there's no guarantees. Plus there's a little transition period where your body has to start absorbing these new meds and all that stuff. So it's interesting time. <laughs> yeah. For I sure. wish I had a straight up answer, but basically everything's in the air. Now we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. The AVP season is back, hallelujah, which means, guess what? We are back to playing with Wilson Volleyballs again, and the college girls plays with Wilson, and the CBVA plays with Wilson, the AVP plays with Wilson. There is a reason that all of the pros and those about to become pros play with Wilsons, all right? It is the best ball in the game. It is the one the pros use and the one that you should use as well, and the good news is is that you can get 20% off by using our discount code WILSONSAND. All right, and I'll say that one more time. You can get 20% off by using our discount code WILSONSAND for 20% off of the best balls in the game. This podcast is also brought to you by Firefly Recovery. Listen, we're all athletes here for the most part, which means that we are all aching in some way or other or sore somewhere. All right, and a lot of times this is our knees, which is where Firefly Recovery comes into play, which is why I love them so much. So if you're one of those 
weird people who go to work every day, like I do, you can strap this onto your knee while you're sitting at your desk, and it helps you recover by moving the blood around in the region. I'm not a scientist. I don't know exactly how it works. You can go to fireflyrecovery.com. They have all sorts of testimonials and information out there. But what I just want to say is that it works. Like if you're traveling on a plane to an FIVB or a Norseka or to AVP Austin or to AVP New York or Seattle or wherever it may be, use Firefly Recovery on the plane. It'll help you recover while you're sitting there on your plane ride talking to people that you probably don't want to be talking to anyway. So use Firefly Recovery to be the best athlete that you can be. We would like to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Pacific Coast Wealth Management, or PCWM, if that's easier for you. If your financial plan goes beyond making it into the main draw of an AVP volleyball tournament, check out their online planning tool at PacificCoastWealthManagement.com. When you're there, click on Build Your, Build Your Financial Plan Here link and work with a, a licensed fiduciary advisor who can discuss 401k, IRA, life insurance, estate plans, tax strategy, social security, investments, or good old stock tips, also known as everything that beach volleyball players do not specialize in. You could use the help. Trust me, I know. Hit up Pacific Coast Wealth Management today. Business owners who need to offer benefits, retirement, or pension plans for their employees, partners, or themselves. Or 529 college savings or Roth IRA for your kids. Did you know you can gift $15,000 per year to your kid? Start with your favorite volleyball player by connecting with us at Pacific Coast Wealth Management Instagram or www.pacificcoastwealthmanagement.com or give them a call. 949-637-7052. Again, their phone number is 949-637-7052. Or we all know that Beach Volleyball, you're on Instagram. Hit them up at Pacific Coast Wealth Management on Insta. Hit them in your DMs, whatever it may be. Get in touch. We all know we need a little financial help in Beach Volleyball. These are your guys. Does it help that, like, is it all weighing into your decision-making that, like, major events in FIVBs are super slow. So like, you know, you only play one match a day. Mm -hmm. Does that make it a little bit easier? Whereas say in an AVP, you know, on a Saturday, you could play three. So like that would probably be out of the question, but one match, maybe an hour's worth of exertion. I don't know if that would make it easier or more or riskier or less risky or or what. I don't know if that would help. Yeah. I mean, no, it does. It does. I'm not going to go straight off the bat and go play four four matches a day like that's not worth it coming into it um with the with the autoimmune disease aside like i'm not going to come off of a year and a half not playing just throw myself into that um so playing at a slow pace fivb main draw um if i can get a wild card um that's something i'm willing to come into you know i went practice today that was i wasn't going all out but we we play we competed we didn't lose all the time. <laughs> and we played against some pretty good players. I mean, some no-name named Sean Rosenthal is out there. Yeah, yeah. Chase Budinger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, definitely, like, because I, I do want to play in an event this year to start my clock, like I said, um, and get my points back. So I think, I think it's doable. And then with the new meds and treatment plan coming in after that, I have all off season. If I can just go play in an event and then see what happens at the end of this year, I don't really care. I'm very confident, like the way I feel right now, strength wise, um, that I can be hundred 
beyond 100% coming into 2019. That's pretty exciting. And then so, I mean, the FIVB, <clears throat> that's obviously your big goal is Olympics. What do you have to do? Like, do you, is, what's your point situation for AVP? Do you know? Like, if you no. have to play, like, say, pop into Manhattan, I, even forfeit two in a row just to save your points, or is it anything like that? Um, I have no idea. Yeah. I haven't talked to him about it. I only played in two events in 2016 anyway. <laughs> um, so if they give me my two, they're both finals, but... Um, you won, what, you won Hunting, Huntington? No, that was... No. We played um, Manhattan and Chicago. That's it. Okay. And we were in both finals and lost both finals. <laughs> um, so I'd have two finishes and that would help. Um, but hopefully they'll give me a wild card. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if not, then they're going to make me go play in some AVP next or something to try to get out. Well, they gave AVP first kids a wild card, so that if they stiff you, then yeah, we'll <laughs> see. be an uproar. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I'm not worrying about domestic. That's not the priority as much as like that's probably the most fun is playing domestically in front of our home fans. I just want to make sure if I if I can make this Olympic run, the odds are getting more and more against me, which is kind of nice, kind of takes the pressure off me now. Coming into this quad, it was like, wow, this next quad's yours. In my mind, it, yeah. was, it was like, you're the young guy that's played in a quad, qualified but didn't get to go. You've been through the experience. It's time for you to go, you know? And now I've had this whole thing happen, and I'm like, well, at least I'm not really expected to go now. Right. You know, pressure's not really on me. It's another shot at just surprising myself and others kind of thing. Um, but that depends on who I partner up with as well. If I get a one of these guys who's capable of winning medals at the Olympics, I'm sure that pressure will, and we start performing right away, pressure will come. Right. And Olympic qualification starts the end of this <clears throat> year, right? Yes. Like September? So I believe it's your best 12 finishes starting in September. Okay. There's a three-star in China at the end of September that I think is the start. And then... Two weeks later, there's a four-star also in China. And I'm pretty sure both of those are technically 2019 Olympic qualification yeah, begins. right. So I'd love to play in those, but I also know it's fairly long. Um, you know, ideally, if I had my partner in place, like, yeah, let's go play in those at the end of this year, and maybe we can get some finishes that are going to help us in a year and a half, two years down the road when Olympic qualification ends. I think it's June before the Olympics. Yeah. Um, in 2020 um but right now it's i understand that all these other partners and teammates are trying to do their best with their partner this year so to drop your guy at the end of the year is not really worth it you know right um it could be though we'll see yeah free agent yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i really i haven't reached out to any players really about playing next year i've been very open and just I didn't want to bother anyone during this season. I can't commit to anyone right now. Uh, so I just don't think that's really fair to be like, hey, commit to me in three months or like two months, you know? Yeah. And go play with your partner knowing that you're going to drop right. him. Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm just uh, staying open with it. But we'll see what happens. If I can get myself to China for those for those end-of-the-year qualification events... I can at least get some FIVB points, um, but they only count towards the Olympics if you're playing with the same partner that you're going to the Olympics with. Right. So if I don't know who that guy is, it's not really helping me. 
At least, I guess, in, in a good way in that this will give you time to really decide who you want to make that run with and that you're not shuffling partners. Because, like, Nick and Phil, what they did to qualify for 2016 was pretty incredible in that yeah. they got together really late. They got together very late, but realistically, like, that's why Phil's never... He's never even looked at his points. He doesn't care because you just go out there and win and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're doing all this point jumping and calculating and stuff. They just went out and they're like, what do we need? Ten events? All right, well, we have 12 chances. They won events and ended up top five probably in the Olympic ranking and they went. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a lot harder to do. You know, Phil's, a, Phil's an anomaly, but... Me not playing in these two Olympic qualification events this year doesn't really mean all that much to me. A lot of teams are just going to skip it. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Phil and Nick don't go. From what I understand, uh, China is the worst place to play. Just it, That yeah. seems almost unanimous. Everyone I've talked to who's come back from a tournament in China is like, thank God we're back. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not a bad place. It's just such a different culture. It's hard to keep your normal routines and the biggest routine when you're on the road and being an athlete is diet so like everything's saucy and like the the chickens like it just everything's a little sketchier you know we're used to clean american food and there's all these health standards and stuff you're not supposed to drink the water out there so if all your vegetables are washed in water you're like well i'm not gonna eat that (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, your chicken is like they're like just it looks like they just put a chicken on a board and just whacked it with a knife a bunch and then just threw it in the pan with a ton of sauce and there's like a foot in there and there's shards of bones like sticking out and you're like ah <laughs> sounds great I think I'm good on that too <laughs> have another serving of rice um, and you know the culture's different people are different like great people but it's just like very busy and everyone there there's not as big of a space bubble for these people or like what do you call it uh like where they'll be like shoulder to shoulder with you and just like rubbing up on you and like doesn't mean anything to you and like be coughing and like whatever yeah but for us we're like all right like you're in my bubble right now yeah can you like stand like a foot further please you know, and it's just stuff like that, different culture. Yeah. Um, but there's so many great things about China, too. Like, I'm so grateful to have gone there so many times. Yeah. And you have plenty more opportunities. Cause, I mean, there were 43 events on the calendar this season alone, I think. They, so, uh, they ain't worried about the, about the amount that it costs to throw an FIVB. No. Not at all. <laughs> they got lots of money. Yep. If you had to, If you had to pick, who are your favorites to make the Olympics for 2020? Players, we'll, we'll say we'll, we'll. I don't want to say we'll count you out, but you can't pick yourself for this. Right. One. Okay. We'll do a round where you can't pick yourself, and then a round where you can. Okay. Um, I can't count a lot of guys out. I mean, a few years ago, I'd count. I would be counting Jake out. I'd be counting Hayden out. Yeah. I'd be counting a lot of guys out. Even Phil and Nick, I'd be like, they're gonna be over it by twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Now looking at them, like Jesus, Phil and Nick are still a top team in the world. Like no one's even touching them right now. Yeah. Which pisses me off. They were doing that when I was around too, though. So yeah, <laughs> but I just like <laughs> I want to get a shot at him. Come yeah. on. Um, so I think it's going to be hard for Hayden. I think he'll do it. He he ain't going to retire if he's winning. If he's top two in the world, like he he's not going to retire in position to go to the Olympics. I think once things start to fall off for him, then he'll be over it. 
uh, unless someone offers him like a really good coaching job or there's a really good opportunity, which I would assume is going to come his way pretty soon. And once people realize he's getting closer to retirement. Um, okay. So the list, Phil and Nick Taylor, I think Taylor's ready to compete at the Olympic level. Um, Jake is certainly still ready. I, his game is changing. He's having to do what Hayden did. Um, Hayden's physic- physicality has changed over the years, and he's had to change his game to work with it, and he's done that successfully. Um, the players that try to do the same thing over and over, they, as their bodies change, they just the, the game outgrows them. You know? But if you keep learning new ways, then, then you can evolve, and I think Jake's doing that pretty well. But his game's certainly changing. Yeah, like he he ain't the same player I played against uh, three four years ago. So can't count those teams out. Hayden can't count him out. I don't think he was planning on going, but he's gonna make a run at it. Theo's I think a caliber player that that is capable of playing at the Olympic level. Rosie, if he plays the way that he can play you know we've all seen Rosie he's kind of had up and downs over the last few years and he's committed with um, Budinger Budinger right now um, I don't think I don't think that team is ready to go get the U.S. medal or barely even ready to go qualify for us right now so it's kind of a stretch but I'm not going to count him out totally you know Reed pretty says he's going for the Olympics he hasn't proven that he can do that yet um but we all know how elite of an athlete he is and, and how headstrong he is, at least um, in his beliefs and what he can do. If he doesn't make it, it's not going to be from a lack of effort. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. Exactly. So those are kind of long shots, to be honest. Like they, I think Rosie, uh, Budinger, Pretty, they would all have to... Even Hayden and Theo, they could maybe do it, but I think they would all have... To, like One of, of each of those players would have to the best of those two players in, in about a few months or a year would have to partner up and make a run at it. Cause it's not just about being top two in the U S you have to go qualify top 16 in the world. Right. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think we're not performing to our best level right now on the world tour. And as of right now, Phil and Nick are the only team that's, that's capable of getting us a medal, but we got time and we got some good young athletes. That's a long answer. Yeah. <laughs> someone someone asked me the other day who I thought was going to be our two Olympic teams. Who did I miss in there? Did I miss anyone? Uh, oh, Trevor, Ryan. Trevor Ryan, and Billy, Mayer, Trevor. Billy and Man, Ryan. I think Trevor's game's coming around, man. His confidence is really high, but he has to find the right system. I they've, don't think he's found the system that's worked with his game quite yet on the world tour. They've had such an odd year because they, you know, they've won a, maybe a two and a three star, but then they just missed two qualifiers in a row and then they'll come back to the AVP, probably make the semis. Yeah. So, so like Billy Allen's such a great player. And like we talked about this before, like he's very underrated, but they've, Mayor, Billy Allen, um, Ryan can certainly play well on the world tour. He probably has the best world tour resume out of those guys, but uh, I just don't know if they're wanting to like put in that work and that grind. Like they seem pretty content. I don't know. That's kind of a bold statement. I, I just haven't seen the medals show up yet. So we'll see. I don't know. At the same time, these are my competitors. So it's right. hard for me to, <laughs> yeah. hard for me to talk about it. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Someone 
I was out of practice and someone was asking who I thought was going to go to the Olympics for us, and I said Phil and Nick and you and Taylor. That would be my prediction. I we'll I see mean, if you that's can doable snag him from Jake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, that's why I haven't thrown around any any names or made any calls yet. Yeah. Like, imagine Jake hearing that I'm calling Taylor right now. He's gonna sit <laughs> yeah. sit Taylor down, and be like, "Listen, kid." <laughs> Pull his veteran magic. So I'm not I, I'm not calling anyone. Uh, I'm just watching. Yeah, it's fun to speculate. Oh, for sure. Stuff. For sure. I finally I finally opened myself to uh, listening to partners. Uh, I haven't really reached out, like I said earlier, but if, if guys want to come pitch to me or, or hear my pitches, then then I think yeah, I mean, the it's time NBA, is becoming it's NBA appropriate. It's agent season right now. You're, I pretty, see, you're an unrestricted free agent. I've been watching all of it. I'm <laughs> listening to like Paul George get advice <laughs> from Dwayne Wade the other day. I'm like, oh yeah, this applies to me perfectly yeah, right I'm now. I'm waiting for any for someone to give you like an elaborate pitch. You know how like they'll they, show them happens. around town. It or happens. Or <laughs> it's like, hey, want to go grab some sushi? Yeah. Like, what kind of sushi? <laughs> if it's rice things down the street, I'm like, yeah. It's not, come on, that's cheap sushi. <laughs> or I, I realistically, I'll probably be the one having to take guys out to sushi. Yeah, we'll maybe, see. I don't know. I mean, blockers are in pretty high demand right now. That's true. Yeah. They might be, defenders going to be pissed if I come back as a defender. It would be pretty like, fun. God damn it. <laughs> as a blocker, I'd prefer it. So All right, yeah. <laughs> get another defender on the market. Yeah, I wish I had more definite answers, but... Um, it's very up in the air right now, but I'm, I'm dipping my toes in the water, people. Yeah, let's just say that. And so, I mean, that covers like ninety percent of the fan questions we get. I okay. also, at every stop I've been to that you weren't there, so in in New York, and then we didn't see each other a whole lot in Seattle. But when I was walking around Seattle, like twenty or thirty people stopped me and were like, "Hey, like, when's Try coming back?" Yeah, I know everyone <laughs> thinks there's like an exact date. So I'm like, I would have just I don't know. posted it right there on my Instagram if yeah. I knew an exact date. Like, why wouldn't I tell everyone? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So maybe, maybe in Moscow, maybe Vienna. We might get a sample. We might get a, a sample of Triborn this season. 2019, you're going to see the full Unleash the Bull. There we go. <laughs> awesome. So that covers 90% of our fan questions. We do have uh, one from a listener from Aaron Mickelson. Mm-hmm. Who says, hey guys, how do you get through the long days of playing in the sun during your tournaments, especially places like Austin? Are there any specific foods, drinks, supplements, etc. that you make sure to have during the day? I've played in a few daytime tournaments here in Arizona during warmer months, and I'm usually drained by the end of the day. And She said, I have one tomorrow if you have time to give me any quick tips. Well, we <laughs> are a couple weeks behind. So. Sorry about so, that. Sorry, Aaron, but for future reference, we will have some answers for you here. Yeah, I mean, we play in a lot of hot tournaments like that. The and just limit the time that you're in direct sunlight. Basically, you know, uh, you can limit your warm ups. If it's hot, you don't need to warm up quite as much usually, right? Because um, you're literally warmed up. Um, but you can do your warm up in the shade. That's something me and Hayden would do. We'd go find a tree, go pepper in the shade, do everything in the shade until we have to be on the court and go hit a few balls out in the sun for warm up. Um, but right after a match, don't stand there and talk to people and stand in the sun and on, stay on your feet. Go get off your feet, put your feet up on a chair, be in the shade, cover up, um, and hydrate. I mean, electrolytes. It's, it's pretty simple. Water, electrolytes, there's nothing too crazy. Any specific that, that electrolyte doing. supplement? 
Yeah, I mean, just whatever. Yeah, whatever. There's always a trending electrolyte. Usually, right. there's some in the training room or in the um, physio tent or. Bring your own. Go go to Whole Foods. The trending one right now is that none stuff. None, I haven't seen it. None electrolyte noon something like that. They got it at Whole Foods and all that. Um, what else? Yeah, just stay cool. Don't don't let your body. If you're after a match, you're hot. Cool your body down. It's still working. If it's hot, it's working to cool itself off, right? So help it out. Get your heart rate down quick. Rest. Get your feet up so the blood can flow out of your legs. Um, Nobody notices how long it like it takes them to like walk back to the players tent. Like I played thirty minutes ago and talked to eight people on the way to the players tent. When it's really hot, we'll go shake hands, grab our bag, straight to the players tent. Coach can meet us there. We can talk about it there, but we're already re- in recovery mode. Some teams will be like, "Oh, stop along the way," you know, taking pictures and like not that we're trying not to take pictures, but sometimes you got to take care of yourself. Just go straight there and save yourself 15 minutes of standing on your feet in the sun yeah i'm like i'm a, i'm probably the worst person in the world to have You're this too question nice. asked because i flame out of like every long tournament that i play in because i do such a bad job of this because mm-hmm. i always like it's almost arrogance because i think i'm like you know superman like oh i can just play all day not eat any food just drink water all day no electrolytes and then come the finals like i'm going full body cramps like and in, in Austin, yeah, when no. we played Avery and Chase, we lost 24-22, and our match was like an hour long, and I was dry heaving right after the match, so obviously I didn't do yeah. a good job of taking care of myself. It's a little different beast when you're playing like four matches in a day, but yeah. I, I have gotten my, like, when I first started playing, it was like, yeah, if I play the third match, like, I'm burnt. Like, this is different brand of volleyball that I'm playing. But once I started training for it, wrapping my mind around what I was going to have to do, like I could play in a final after an entire week and I'm jumping just as high as I am the first day. Like that's the goal, what you're trying to get yourself to. Yeah. Four matches, I don't know if you're going to be jumping as high, but you'd be surprised that all those minutes that, that you spend off your feet and, and cooling yourself down and stuff, it adds up over a weekend or an entire day. I think the, it helps at the end. The biggest thing that's helped me out, especially in Austin, was eating food between matches. Because I used oh, yeah. to just like stock up on like bars and stuff and eat like a cliff bar between a match and think that was enough. But it's just not like having like a turkey wrap or like a chicken sandwich or like, oh, yeah. peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and fluff is my go to. <laughs> but just having like real food instead of bars or supplements, I think helps way more than any like you know, power bar. Listen, know, bars are, bars are, go read the ingredients and then go yeah. take all the ingredients and put it on like, you're like, okay, I'm going to pour a pack of sugar on this, like probably refined white sugar. I'm going to pull in these like, what, I don't know, cranberries that are soaked in sugar probably. And then like, <laughs> yep. it's just these random ingredients that like taste really good and sweet and you just, add, you just want a quick fix. That's what a bar is, but yeah. it's not... It's not going to keep you going throughout the day, like especially. And I think our listener Aaron here, you know, she's probably playing in, you know, the you know double A or triple A tournaments in Arizona where you're playing five, six, seven matches in a day. Real food is is what your body needs. Yeah. If you're a triathlete, you have to carbo load, right? You have to put energy, uh, food in your body that's going to be able to burn over time because you're doing an endurance sport. We play thirty, forty minute, hour, whatever. 
and then you have time to refuel. So you can refuel with like these vegetables and, and proteins that your body can just burn quick, burn through quick and then you can go refuel between matches. You don't have to fuel up for the whole day like an endurance athlete would because we have breaks. Um, yeah, but cliff bars, for example... I would eat a cliff bar before lifting sometimes because I drive out to my trainers and it took a while. So I'd eat a cliff bar before. And, and every once in a while, he like when my focus was off because we're trying to be very intentional in the gym and like not be ADD, which I am, uh, he'd be like, What the hell did you eat before this? Like, your focus is off. Like, I can tell it's off. I'm like, Cliff bar. He's like, Well, don't <laughs> eat cliff bars. And then it's happened. It was the craziest thing. Like, every time he called me out, I ate a cliff bar. I was like, he knows. Shit, I ate a Cliff Bar. Yep. Like, wait, how could it? It's like these things are made for athletes. Like, but it whatever's in it for some reason, I was just like not as focused, and so that kind of shows you those those things. It's like Gatorade. Come on, like that is delicious sugar, sugar water. water, and it works for you because if you're working out, your body can burn through anything. It doesn't mean it's high quality. Yeah. Yeah. There's electrolytes in it, but why don't you just drink water with electrolytes instead of yeah Gatorade instead of Kool Aid like with electrolytes? Kool Aid with athletic marketing. Yeah. Exactly. I don't drink Gatorade anymore. I don't either. Unless they I, want to sponsor us, then I uh, love Gatorade. Well, well, what I'll have to do. So in Austin, Bree Moreland gave me these hydration packets that like saved my life. I'll have to find out what they were called because they were awesome. Like I Gatorade was... used to make hydration packets called Gator Lights. Really? Mm-hmm. It was basically just salt. And just, that could work the opposite way because if you're dehydrated and taking salt, yeah. it's, it's going to have the reverse effect. Your right, muscles totally. are just done. If you drink salt, drink a shitload of water. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Aaron, that helps you out. Uh, good luck in your tournaments from here on out. Sorry we couldn't get back to you sooner. Uh, we've been on the road a lot. The AVP has been like back to back to back. So glad we could finally sit down and have another bonus episode here. Heck yeah. Try anything else you want to add? Um, I wish I could be less uh, vague about everything, but that's the honest truth. That's where I'm at. It's just like kind of week to week. Um, and I got really no expectations for myself this year. My, my goal is to be healthy, uh, which is a whole battle in itself. And uh, if I do get to play this year, it's going to be... Go enjoy it. I think I've earned that, you know, for myself. So I'm going to give myself uh, this year to go enjoy uh, playing volleyball whenever my body allows me to. And then um, 2019, I'm get back to doing what I love, which is grinding, trying to be the best team in the world, trying to get to that status. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, bud. We'll appreciate hanging out on here a Saturday. Yes, getting sir. Getting some pokey, getting some volleyball in. Travis the podcast and podcast has been a good day. We're going to jump in. A, I think we're... We confirm we're going to go road trip it up to SF, right? Oh, yeah. Road tripping up San Francisco and then maybe hitting Tahoe on the way back. Yeah, I got to go see my sister and her wild banshees. <laughs> um, but, yeah, come check us out. If you guys are in San Fran, say hi to us, and uh, we'll be maybe running around with a camera and uh, say hi to the boys. Absolutely. We'll have some fun. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are the best exits. Bye.